RDTDaily.com presents a Tara Buster with comedian Tara Devlin. All right. Yeah, I'm a little late. I'm sorry. It's okay because we have the music cues and that'll keep me on track. Thank you, everyone. My name is Tara Devlin and we meet here every Saturday evening for our regularly scheduled RDT Daily Tara Buster available at YouTube and the RDD, I can't talk, RDT Daily Facebook and YouTube channels and rebroadcast starting Sunday at 6 p.m. Eastern on Progressive Voices app or anytime on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher. Please give the show a good review on iTunes. That helps us grow. I look like shit. I have to dye my roots. Look at me. Um... Yeah. Earlier in the day, the show, I was preparing for the show and it went live. I don't know. I hit something on Ecamm and I thought, I thought it was interesting. Well, I was sitting there with my, I had just got out of the shower not too long ago. My hair was wet. I'm sitting here trying to prep the show and somebody actually shared the stream. So I appreciate that. That's some dedicated fandom. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe they were waiting for me to pick my nose or something. I don't know. I didn't know I was on the air. That's all. It's all good, though. It didn't really bother me. I'm getting... Eh, what are you going to do, right? Uh, anyway, what are, we, what are we doing here? What's going on? This is unapologetic liberal talk, and we will have Ron Placone on, uh, on the show. He's going to call in at... 6.30 or 3.30, he's in the on the West Coast, and we'll discuss the uh, last days of the American Republic. That's what we're in. At least that's what it feels like. And I hope, what's going on? Is this, I'm just looking at the music. I hope it's working properly. Oh, yeah, it is. Okay. Because I have to do the music cues. It's kind of annoying. On on Progressive Voices, now Progressive Voices will only play the first hour and 20 minutes of this show. And the, the, if you want to hear the rest of the show and you're on Progressive Voices, you will have to listen to the podcast or come join us live. I don't know. We're going to have to come come up with another plan because they, they are selling commercials on Progressive Voices now to keep progressive voices afloat. We don't have billionaire benefactors. I talk about it all the time. That's why I ask you to become a patron and support the liberal media because without a liberal media, we don't have a chance. This country is doomed. It already is. We're already... I'm not doomed. Not doomed. That To say it's doomed is to have absolutely no hope. I do have some hope. That's why I do the show. If I didn't have any hope, I would do what everybody else does and tune out and go about my own business hoping that I can fly under the, the radar and I don't, don't personally feel the sting of the lash of the conservative policies that have destroyed this country. But most of us don't have that luxury. We do feel that sting and you do feel it. If you're somebody, for example, with health care, if you are someone that gets sick and has to think, can I afford to go to the doctor? Is this something worthy? 
for uh, a deductible. You know, I have a $5,000 deductible and I have 103 fever. Should I sit here and hope it resolves on its own or should I get help? No other country do people think like that. And if you think like that and you think that you're above politics, you're not. It's this, like my sister, for example, who, and I've talked about her before, she is, or like, I guess she considers herself a Republican. She is an aberration. Most of my family are normal people. She doesn't, every time I try to get into it with her, she's like, I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to talk about it because she knows she's got not, she doesn't have a leg to stand on. Her husband was a Republican. And I say was because they're getting divorced because he was cheating on her. He, that's who he is. I told her. Selfish. What do they know about vows? But anyway, uh, that's, you know, my, not my business. But he, we used to get into it, me, me and his, and uh, my sister's husband. And because, you know, selfish, selfish little Republican who um, uh, affected my sister, Frank, frankly, because, and it also was my father, too, because I think my sister thinks that, or thought that it it shows loyalty to my father, even though she doesn't know what the hell she's talking about. If you go into my sister's home, you're, oh, wait, the light's not on. Yeah, that's a little better. Uh, you, If you go into my sister's house, you would, it's like going into a, a black hole. You don't know what's going on from the day one day to the next. There's not a newspaper in the house. They don't watch any kind of news, not at all. So my sister would just get her information from her her Republican husband and she'd vote accordingly. And then when she would complain to me about how my nieces and nephews have to who are in college and they're graduated, they have they've graduated recently, not too long ago. Uh and they're coming out of college with hundreds of thousands of dollars in debt. And I kid you not. And she's complaining to me about it. And I'm like, well, that's because of the Republican policies. If you don't like the world, yeah, get involved. Fix it. Do something about it. Don't be such an ignoramus. But all she learned from her husband and the re Republicans that she thinks you know, that she's informed that she, uh, she she overhears something, somebody complaining about, and in fact, she all uh, she would say to me these side conversations. She'd say, "Oh, unions," or she'd start bashing unions, and I'd ha it would incense me. And well, that's because it's a union. I'm like, well, the reason we had a roof over our head the entire our entire childhood was because of a union. The reason our father was able to buy a home was because of a union. Not because he was the, a garbage man who was, uh, what, he worked his way to the, to the middle? It was because of the union negotiating a decent middle-class life for people who picked up garbage on the streets of New York City and kept this city rolling. We make the world go round. So, anyway, what am I, why do I, I have this hair on the top of my head and it's bothering me. So, I keep seeing it. So, yeah, 
what do you, uh, it, this is what we're up against. And that's why we need a liberal media. Because people right now, they hear things, they overhear things. They think, and this is another reason I think my sister would vote for Republicans and continues to, even though she's ridiculous. She doesn't get that the entire, everything depends on the policies, is that she hears that, oh, Republicans are for low taxes. And I, I don't like taxes. Who does? I'm for low taxes, too. I pay a lot of taxes. I like, I want a tax break. Yeah, they're for low taxes for, not for you, dummy. They're for low taxes for people who laugh at you. They use you. And my sister is, is considered, and she is, a, someone who is an upper middle class. She is in the middle class. And that's why the system and what we talk about all the time, yeah, she, it doesn't work. It is designed to have people at each other's throats. So my sister, who is in the middle class, she gets, and I've had conversations with her about this, her resentment that she has against those who are getting subsidies for their health insurance and subsidies for particularly um, for tuition because she's in a different tax bracket or she makes more money or her husband does, frankly, and their family, uh, their family income are prices them out of the market for any kind of subsidies. And I've heard other people say this too, like a good friend of mine who gets his insurance on the exchange. He's like, I got to pay more because I got to, I got to pay for poor people too. That's the game. Instead of getting Putting your anger where it belongs, at the top, who created the system, who wrote those laws to make the American people at each other's throats, fighting against each other, instead of where their anger belongs, at the top, the people who bought the politicians, who corrupted government and wrote the laws that made it so we don't have a system that is everyone in, nobody out. That is the only American way. And that's what I do on the show every week, is bring this to our attention. This this has to be in everyone's consciousness. When you have policies that, yeah, yeah, it makes you feel good. It makes the elite feel good. Oh, we're doing something. We're throwing subsidies at those really on the balls of their ass, lower on the ladder. But when you leave people out, you're, you're, you're actively cultivating resentment against the um the american people um it's natural it's a natural human emotion but don't you think they know what they're doing they understand that they've done that on purpose they don't want us focusing wait wait, wait somebody putting it together 
Oh, it's, uh, what are you talking about? Wait, I should have my, ang my anger. And this is what I told my sister. Stop getting angry at the wrong things. Don't ang you're angry at somebody who is a, a few rungs lower on the ladder. Get angry at the people who made the system, who are benefiting from it, because they get it all. I get it. I, it's anger. It angers me too. But I see the game, and I, I'm appropriately targeting the, those who deserve it, not the poor. I'm not like, oh, pull yourself up by your bootstraps. I get it. This is a, a ruse. It's the the oldest game in the trick in the book. Divide and conquer. So, yeah, this is what we talk about here on the show and that's why we need your support and you and that's why you do support the show, I believe, cuz I know that it's time. You're as sick as I am about the corporate media um, the incessant propaganda, the pro-corporate kiss-up, kick-down, I-got-mine propaganda that keeps us divided and fighting over the scraps. I see the game. It comes from both sides. You see it, too. So how do we fix it? There are different opinions to that. And so when I was thinking about what we're going to call the show, what we're going to talk about, first, let me just play this video today as I was watching AM Joy earlier, and it kind of succinctly, they had, they, they had this guy on from the Lincoln Project. This is the Republicans' latest thing to, you know, it's all these anti-Trump Republicans who they call themselves real Republicans. I, in my opinion, and we talked about this yesterday on the show, I don't think that the Republican Party has any redeemable qualities, none of them. And Joy Reid having these people on this they're presenting a post uh they're presenting biden as a post-partisan candidate that's their remedy the remedy to fix this is get rid of trump that's it period end of sentence nothing else needs to happen in their estimation and they are working tirelessly to ensure that the American people believe that way too. So let me, let's play this, uh, this video that I captured from AM Joy, which he was interviewing a Republican from the Lincoln Project. And they were talking about the commercials and Trump and blah, blah. It's the same shit all the time. Trump is horrible. Trump is tweeting. Trump is unfit. Yeah, we get it. We know. Well, I think you touched on it early on. This is going to be a referendum on Donald Trump, right? And and normally an incumbent will get about one point maybe above whatever his job approval number is. And Trump's job approval mm -hmm. number is now somewhere between 38 and 41. So that's kind of where he's stuck. And he's got about a 50 very hard negative. So he's in this box canyon that he can't really get out of. The other thing about Joe Biden is that people see him as a stable leader. And in our ad that we just showed, people are yearning to go back to presidents that knew how to conduct themselves in a moment of crisis, right? And right now, they wake up every day, and it's insane Groundhog Day, every day with this president. They want to get back to, to just a, a bit of normalcy. 
no family, no business, small or large, no sports team, no anything could be conducted this way where every day is based on the mood of the person at the top or whether he's tweeting, attacking someone or whether his ego needs to be massaged. I mean, people really are tired of all of this. Yeah, I think uh, Joe Biden could literally run on the uh, tagline, wouldn't you like to sleep at night? <laughs> that would be all he needed to do. That would be it. Uh, uh, thank you very much, John Weaver. <laughs> it's great to talk with you. And uh, you guys, those ads are great. All right, coming up, uh, a blockbuster report says Russia paid. Uh, this is actually a huge uh, and a very important story. That Russia So you can hear, did you hear the video? I want to ask, did you guys hear it? I just want to make sure it went out. The video played, right? When I started talking again, and I didn't realize that the picture-in-picture picture wasn't up. And when the picture-in-picture picture isn't up, you can't... The, the, the uh, microphone is automatically down. Or the, there is no volume. So, And I was talking. I didn't realize the picture-in-picture picture wasn't up. So I just want to make sure. In the video, so you heard what he said. Let me play this piece, and you can tell me. The show, people are yearning to go back to presidents that knew how to conduct themselves in a moment of crisis, right? And right now, they wake up every day, and it's insane Groundhog Day every day with this. I I can't stand it, frankly, all the time. Who are these people? That's all we hear on the corporate media, nonstop, every day. People want to get back to normal. People. What people? Where? To, I, I get it. What is normal? This is what concerns me. People want to get back to normal. They're speaking for you and me. You know, the normal people of this country where the normal is not being able to go to the doctor when you're sick because you can't afford the deductibles or you don't have insurance anyway. Normal is living check to check. That's normal in the American, uh, the United States of Serfs and Lords, normal. Is that normal though? Is it really normal to not have uh, $400? But the elites... The both of them. There you have Joy Reid on the on the one side and the Republican on the other side. Joy Reid, the one who brought in the body language expert against Bernie, famously. The one who years ago her blog came out. Remember that? And it was all this anti gay, all this homophobic shit that she wrote about. You know, that's our these are our great liberal mouthpieces, supposedly. She had to evolve, I guess. She wrote how disgusted it was. She was. No, she said it was disgusting to see two men kissing or holding everyone. And she wrote it in a way that everyone agrees how disgusting it is when two gay guys are kissing. And, yeah, everyone, speak for yourself. Now she's speaking for us, saying everyone wants to get back to normal. Well, we don't want to get back to a normal where you can't retire, Joy Reid. That's not normal. It may be normal for you and the elites, but we're sick of it.
Damn. Let's continue. This is Joy Reid speaking to a guy from the Lincoln Project. They want to get back to, to just a, a bit of normalcy. No family, <laughs> no business, small or large, no sports team, no anything could be conducted this way where every day is based on the mood of the person at the top or whether he's tweeting, attacking someone or whether his ego needs to be massaged. I mean, what do you mean? We can't build a country like that. We're building a, a whole network on that. What is Trump's mood today? That's what I say all the time. That's the MSNBC lineup all day. What's his mood? What's he saying? What's he tweeting? What's he feeling? Is he fit? Is he unfit? Is he, is he uh, uh, in a good mood, a bad mood? Is he dejected? Is he elated? Is he lying? Is he not? Is his mouth moving? Is it, it's a... Come on. The American people want to get back to normal? John Weaver... Uh, let's, nobody talk to me and we talk on the show all the time. No, we don't want to get back to normal. We want a country that works for all normal in the country that we were born into and grew up in is a country that leaves people behind where you go to college cause you're trying to better yourself and you come out of college with a hundred thousand dollar bill and then you get vilified. And they say, oh, you shouldn't have went to college then. You shouldn't have taken out more than you could afford. Well, who can afford it? Taking out, you're trying to win in this game that is rigged against you. In other countries, like Germany, for example, you could go any, uh, we can go, you can go, I can go, whether you're an American citizen or German citizen, any person who goes to a German university, they get free tuition because they're making an investment in the people. You get stipends, you get to pursue whatever you want to pursue. And that is the mark of a s successful civilization. Not everybody's going to go and be a bankster or an entrepreneur or come up with some scam like Twitler to separate people from their money. There's more to life. And isn't that why the uh, anyone, the American people, the founders, whoever, a soldier gave their life for the, this thing, supposedly. They didn't give their life so a bunch of billionaires can get back to normal riding us all to the bank unfettered by pesky government they gave their life so maybe their children and future generations or whoever the american experiment would last and they would have a functioning society and that includes a culture that is worthy of respect you know, art, music, literature, not just sitting around a computer screen coming up with a, or writing an algorithm code so you could f high frequency trade in cryptocurrency or whatever the hell. I don't even know what they do, clearly. But that's not li life. What is that? That's being a parasite. That's nothing. We don't create anything in this country. And he wants to get back to normal. And this is what drives me insane. All the time we hear this. It's the same thing like that, 
that famous meme that went around and all the DLC Democrats left, they want to get back to brunch. If Hillary was president, we'd be at brunch right now. They don't want to be bothered with the work of democracy, the true resistance, what it means to resist. They're all about, let's resist, but that means to them that is going to a well-funded and corporate-sponsored women's march on a Sunday where they can take photos and post on their Instagram account. That's the extent of resistance when it comes to the DLC corporate-owned Democratic Party. Yes, it is. I hate to tell you. And it's, it's pretty concerning. They don't want to do the hard work that's required. You think they want to? Because really, they don't know. They don't know what is broken. They think that the American... Uh, you know, America itself was functioning well, and then all of a sudden, we had a Twitler. Out of the blue, like, all of a sudden, you know? All this giant con man became the president for no other reason other than uh, everything was going great? Wait a minute, hold on a second here. Joey Bay, what the hell, man? A hundred dollars? Joey wins Terror Buster tonight. A hundred dollar super chat. Are you kidding me, man? Are you kidding me, man? That's great. Anybody else? <laughs> Who wants to challenge Joey to a super chat war? No, I'm only kidding. <laughs> You're shocking me uh, into silence. That's incredible. Thank you. Wow. Amazing. I love that. It makes me feel like, okay, maybe we're doing something right. Yes, Joey, I, I, he has, Joey contributes to the show in many ways on top of being a amazing super chatter right now. He's also a patron and he is a prolific writer. Um, but he has written some blog posts. I'll read some. The ones that I have, we've already discussed them, though. We were talking about, so we don't have a lot of time tonight. We'll, re we'll read them on another show. Because he wrote a couple of things about the rally, and we, we went over that extensively. So it's like, you know. And plus, Ron Placone is calling in any minute now. So we don't really have a lot of time. The Saturday shows are hard. Because we're really under the gun with time. Before Ron calls in, let's get, finish up this video. People really are tired of all of this. Yeah, I think uh, Joe Biden could literally run on the uh, tagline, wouldn't you like to sleep at night? <laughs> that would be all he needed to do. That would be it. Uh, uh, thank you very much, John Weaver. <laughs> it's great to talk with you. And, uh, you guys those Wouldn't you like to sleep? See, that's what it is. Not sleep at night. They don't want to just sleep at night. Uh, Joy Reid and the DLC Democratic Party, they don't want to sleep at night. They want to sleep in the day, too. They want to go to sleep, period. They want to go back to sleep, back to brunch. Stop 
worrying about the system. Not like we, we have that luxury. We don't. Because we're out here on the front lines of the class war. I, our African-American brothers and sisters are really on the front lines. That's for sure. But we, we're out here too. We're in the trenches. We get it. I don't know. I always, it's, to me, it always was so clear. I don't know. My, I, I think about my sister. It, it's easy, I suppose, when everything is going well, to be disconnected and think, hey, it's all going my way. But then when you have some kids, they have to go to college, and you start seeing how hard everything is, you know, but you take a look around. It doesn't have to be that way. And why is it that way? Don't they ever ask themselves? You know, when I do, when I was saying, I talk to my sister, I try to wake her up and tell her. She just doesn't want to hear it. That's, literally, that's what she says. I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to talk about it. And I've had experiences with uh, me, and not just me, my cousin, trying to talk to her. She just doesn't want to hear it. It's difficult, I guess, to look yourself in the mirror and say, wow, everything I believed is bullshit. So, yeah, that's why we're here, to wake up, wake these mother effers up. And that's why we have on the phone right now, Ron Placone. Are you there, hey, Ron? <laughs> You can hear me. Can you hear me? Yes. Just remember, there is a little bit of a delay on our conversation. So I'm just letting you know. It's like a two-second delay. So I've done tests. I'm glad that you could hear me. That's a step in the right direction. So, yeah. Uh, Ron is an amazing comedian. He's You probably know him from the Jimmy Dore show. He's been on uh, Young Turks on... Where else? What is your... Everywhere he goes on tour. He's a. Uh, I've been on. I've been on Redacted Tonight. I've been on TMZ. I've been on Crosstalk. I've Ooh. been on Terra Buster. Yes, that's the most important credit. <laughs> I love that show. Yes, thank you. <laughs> um, yeah, and, and thanks for coming on. Get your news on with Ron. Oh yes, day. we had a really good time. It was great, and we also, I have to say, um, so I have some of your listeners and viewers came and followed my show so thank you wait hold on we have uh, oh, take a break yeah hold on a second all right we're back can you hear that music too by the way yeah I okay good it. that's good because no things are working that's weird usually things are always screwed <laughs> up yeah so we were talking about nice. <laughs> i was just uh, mentioning i don't know if you heard the first half hour but we were talking about one of the things that really gets on my nerves in general about everything because we're kind of on the same page except i think that you're because you didn't vote for hillary and i don't know where you are with the biden thing but we all agree that biden is problematic and and sucks and the corporate media what i was talking about how they want us to get back to normal and this is what i'm afraid of that as soon as if we elect Biden, that's that is only I mean, the work has just begun. If that's the case, we really 
have a lot more work to do if Biden gets in, especially to, because everybody else, all the DLC corporate Democrats are going to go back to brunch. They want to disengage and go back to sleep. And in fact, on Joy Reid this morning, that's what she was saying. Oh, won't you, don't you just want to go to be able to sleep through the night? And, the, and they're telling us, hey, we just want to get back to normal. And when normal sucks... Anyway, that's what uh, we were talking about. What's normal when you can't save four hundred dollars? Yeah. You know, it's right. Yeah, I mean, normal is what got us here. Right. Exactly. Uh, normal is what got us to this point. And if, if we just quote unquote go back to normal, uh, whether Joe Biden wins or not, we're going to have a more dangerous Trump in twenty twenty four. If all we do wh- is just go back to normal. Exactly. So, you know, I mean, yeah. My my take is. You know, no matter what happens in November, um, it's not necessarily going to be a positive thing. We yes. still, as far as I'm concerned, don't have an ally in the White House. That's right. Um, you know, we're we're basically told to pick between two right wing alleged rapists, mm-hmm. and uh, <laughs> those are our choices. And right. I think we deserve better than that. You yeah, know, I, I I really do. Um, mm-hmm. That being said. I don't voter shame anyone else. Mm-hmm, the mm-hmm. reality of this election, right. there's going to be some people that make the judgment call to hold their nose and vote for Biden. There's mm. going to be some people that don't. Right. Um, my thing is, I'm mad at the system yes. that gave us these horrific choices and continues to give us these horrific choices, not the voters who have to figure out how to deal with it That's uh, right. and have to make their own judgment calls and it you is, know i have yeah. some of my friends are going to vote for him some aren't you know it's uh it's a little bit of everything and but my thing is you know this whole system needs to end because it's just this is by design yep um and if joe biden wins it won't be because joe biden beat donald trump <laughs> it will be because donald trump beat donald trump that's right which how insane is it i mean look at this guy he has declared martial law he has pretty much imposed martial law on his own people he yep. has uh brutalized peaceful protesters so that he could have a photo op yep uh we've mm-hmm. had martial law and a pandemic you cannot write this stuff right if you tried to pitch this as a movie script mm-hmm. they would say too unrealistic that's that right the type of quote-unquote leader donald trump has been and yet there is really no opposition against him. It is this uh, fake manufactured opposition because the, the primary was beyond shady once again. Mm-hmm. Um, That's right. You know, I mean, voters were purged from the rolls and this happens constantly. Um, they were caught flipping votes in Iowa. Mm-hmm. There was cheating in pretty much every state. They manufactured this fake Joe Mentum, quote unquote, with the oh, help God. of the corporate media. Oh, yeah, definitely. When he was actually, he was one of the lowest polling candidates. Yep. Nobody was excited about his Joe, uh, Joe Biden. There is about as much excitement for Joe Biden as there would be for a Brazilian steakhouse <laughs> at a vegan conference. That's how much excitement there is for Joe Biden. And somehow he beat the guy with right. the entire movement behind yeah. him, Bernie right. Sanders. Really? Yeah. Do you honestly believe that? Right. So this is and this is why I can't go lesser of two evils, mm, quote unquote, mm-hmm, anymore, because first mm-hmm. of all, 
It just gets progressively worse. Yes. Democrats look like Mike Bloomberg now. Right. I'm That's sorry, right. People. Yep. Demo- Mike Bloomberg, yep. a straight up oligarch, is supposed to be for working people. Do you realize how insane I that know. sounds? Yeah. Do you realize that we have a neo-fascist party and a right-wing party? I don't even call the Democrats a center-right wing yeah. party. That's not accurate. They're... By world standards, they are a right-wing party. So That's when you true. have these two insane, and the only reason they're allowed to be this ridiculous, it, or, or excuse me, the only reason the Republicans are able to be as, as ridiculous as they are is because there's no real opposition to them. Yep. So they can just keep being crazier and crazier, and the Democrats can keep going further to the right too because they'll always be able to say, well, we're not these guys. Yep. That's by design. Yep. That is by design. Exactly. And, I mean – we can't take it anymore. I mean, we gotta, we gotta start looking outside of mm, electoral politics. Mm. We gotta start looking at movements and protests and yes. general strikes. Yes. And you know, we gotta start building coalitions. I think we need a whole new political party altogether. I and, hear you. You know, mm-hmm. I know that's a tough pill to swallow. But look, there was a six-year transitionary period when the Whigs became the Republicans. Mm-hmm as we know them today. Mm, and mm. it was a similar situation. People were really disenfranchised uh, with the duopoly. Um, and there were a bunch of movements that were kind of populating. There were a bunch of like smaller parties that were forming. And then eventually it, it kind of became one channeled energy and mm. it became uh, the Republicans. And then it you know morphed into what we know it as today. So you know, right. I'm a firm believer that history does repeat itself. Sometimes it takes a really long frickin' time, uh, but I think we're here again. Where right. it's time for an entirely new political vehicle. Because just keeping up this yes. ridiculous duopoly, which really isn't a two-party system. It's a one-party system, and it's the money party. That's right. Uh, I don't think we can do it anymore. I know, especially when they ra- they they run Bloomberg. Uh, and when you brought him up, it's yeah. I, I, it all came back to me. You know, he was the Republican mayor of New York, and that was never mentioned on the corporate media. They would never say they would say uh, uh, they would promote him as a safer alternative to Bernie Sanders because he was someone who could attract Republican votes, and this whole. Um, way of thinking that, and that's what Joe Biden does, where he he tries to he tries to get Republicans to vote for him by being a Republican, throwing Republican. It failed in 2016. Exactly. How many more times? It failed miserably in 2016. Well, you know what, Tara? My take is the Democrats' first priority is not winning. No. The Democrats' first priority is making sure. An actual reformer, an actual lefty, an actual progressive doesn't get anywhere close to power. That's right. So as far as 2020 is concerned, the Democratic establishment – and when I say Democrats, I mean the establishment. I don't mean the base. Yeah. I mean the establishment. The Democratic base is, is pretty progressive overall. I mean 92 percent mm-hmm. of you know people that identify as Democrats because there's not really many any choices in this country. 92 percent of people that identify as Democrats identify with – the platform put forth by that's right standards. they yep. identify with a green new deal with medicare for all with living wages with, mm-hmm. with uh you know breaking up wall street with you know mm-hmm. all these issues right um, but the establishment well their concern is making sure the donor class is happy yep so first we got to make sure 
that lefties are kept out of any type of power. Then yep. if we do that, if we beat a Republican, cool. If we don't beat a Republican, oh, well, the gravy train keeps rolling. That's right. The Democratic establishment has already won in 2020 as far as they're concerned. Yep. They stopped Bernie Sanders. Um, you know, they needed a pandemic to do it. Right. But they stopped Bernie Sanders. <laughs> so now everything else is, is just gravy. Everything it's else, true. If Joe Biden beats Trump, cool. If he doesn't, oh, well. Right. Because if, they, if, if he doesn't, We'll have four years of the Mick resistance, baby. Yes. Up, you've got to give us more money because we got to oppose Trump. Right. How do you oppose Trump? We put on a bunch of charades while approving a bunch of horrible policies yep. of his. That's right. That's we'll, we we'll, him. yes. During the, during the entire <laughs> impeachment circuit, they fast-tracked some of his charges. I know. They helped him cut food stamps from 800,000 mm, people. Mm -hmm. They gave him unlimited spying powers. Yep. Riddle me this, Adam Schiff. Mm -hmm. You talk about how Trump right. is some corrupt, treasonous traitor to this country, but you give him unlimited spying powers. Right. Either you are the most tone-deaf politician ever, or you're just a liar. Right. And the game is so out in the open. It's true, because what they do behind closed doors, uh, and it's not even behind closed doors. It is out. Uh, the, the, the corporate media does not report it. Uh, they'll, they'll show you Nancy Pelosi taking a knee. And yet, how you're right. How do you square that circle or whatever the hell when Nancy is calling him uh, unfit, childish, putting up, you know, ripping his speeches, whoopee doopy, while giving him everything he wants, um, expanding his power, like you say. And this is where you're 100%. I mean, there, I don't uh, disagree with anything you said. And I feel like that's why we do what we do. We have to wake people up. We have to be the media. I mean, hold on a second. Music yeah, that's because, wait, <laughs> that's where I have to cut the show. You know what I mean? So we're back. <laughs> now we're back. So awesome. I have to give them, when I give it over to Pro Progressive Voices, I have to give them the show in segments. So the show on Progressive Voices is actually shorter than the show that we gotcha. we record because they put um, commercials in it now. And now, uh, but we do, we still do a two hour show. But anyway. Um, yeah. And that's what's so frustrating too. the the whole um, corporate media is a an, an entire it is a racket. The whole thing is a racket. If Trump wins and I, this is what I talk about on my show, too. If Trump wins, the Democratic Party will fundraise off it. If he loses, they will fundraise off it. But they will not. They will tell us that incremental whatever bullshit is better than nothing when this country, as during Trump's term, uh, we continue and and Obama's. I mean, in all in the in the the time I've been on this earth, the middle class has gone from the uh, you know a large portion of the American populace to now below fifty percent of the of the population, and for the first time in generations but nobody ever talks about that on the corporate media they just talk about what a great economy we have and that's really the bottom line is that they don't want the chaos of trump and but either way they really just don't want an uppity working class that's the bottom line that wants and demands a seat at the table 
and really yeah, I, I agree with I agree with most of what you said, mm-hmm. but where I would where I would offer a, a, a slight difference, I actually think the media loves Trump. Yes. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, you're right. So insanely. Good. That's true. I think they have uh, like like a kind of it's almost like yes. a, a playful. I'm gonna pull your pigtails and, and dip your right. in because I have a big crush on you. Yes. Romance. That's I think true. That is what Trump. And the media had. He knows how to play mm. them like a fiddle, and he enjoys it. And they love what he does for ratings. Right. They the anti-Trump catnip that MSNBC pulls out, which has no substance to right. it. Right. Uh, I know. I mean, don't get me wrong. Trump is terrible beyond comprehension. I would never say otherwise. <laughs> but the anti oh he tweeted me this and that. Right. It's just nonsense. And they thrive on. Yes. It. And and CNN, Fox News, they're all reaping this in right now yep. and they love how good trump is for business yep. one one sideshow after another that's I do true i think they want to see him go away no you're right you're right all. yeah i i really you're you're 100 right it's true i probably didn't phrase it correctly but yeah sometimes i i have to you're you're 100 right because they they love it it's as les Moonves said he may not be good for America, but he's great for CBS. They gave him, and they continue to give him all this free advertising, no matter what. And, for example, uh, th- did they do that to Obama? Did they plop a camera in front of Obama whenever he had, when, whenever, whenever, he, every single day? That's what they do. They don't, they never played Obama's press conferences and uh, his statements uh, that never not, the way that they follow Trump around with uh, just putting a camera in front of him and letting him rip with all of his lies, nonstop lies, yep. getting at, uh, they're not fact checking him. They're just letting him uh, catapult the propaganda and get the American people, make them even stupider, frankly. Uh, when you, I'm sure well, you. It's so comical. Mm-hmm. I mean, when he's rude, when he's rude, to right? Them, which, you know, Trump, Trump's a rude guy. No one's going to dispute mm-hmm. that. But when he's rude to them, they, you know, maybe they stand up for themselves and they're like, "Look at us, we're we're flying, in right? We're standing up for journalism." No, you're standing up no. for your own ego. Exactly. Well, I forget what year it was, but there was that time where Trump showed up at his press conference and he basically said, "Everybody, turn your cameras off." And you know who turned their cameras off? Everybody. Everybody. In the wow. Room. And they're journalists. Right. They're supposed right. to be journalists. Yes. They're not journalists. <laughs> they're mouthpieces for the establishment who thrive on access. Yes. They would never not turn That's their cameras right. off if Trump actually told them to, right. because that might hurt their access. Mm. They'll put on a little theatrical show for the audience when the cameras are on to inflate their own egos in their Twitter accounts, but they would never ever right. actually stand up to anyone in power and this has been this has been a systemic problem mm-hmm. for years i mean the, the bush administration would fax talking points during yes. the iraq yes dur- during yes. the height of iraq mm-hmm. uh you know this has been going on for years and years and years because when you have a corporate media structure that is legal which ours shouldn't be it should be illegal the yes media structure oh absolutely wow mm-hmm. for profit entities to just control the media mm-hmm. that's what you get yeah. To get something that thrives on hyperbole and access and is concerned with the bottom line, meaning, hey, 
we get a lot of advertising dollars for oil yes, and gas. That's right. So whatever's going on with pipelines, whatever's going on with fracking, we ain't going to talk about it. That's, and that's true. That's why they were completely silent during Gapple. That's we're not going to give an honest report on war and peace because all these war profiteers, they advertise on our network. That's right. We're not going to talk about the war economy. We're not going to talk about the fact that America is a militaristic empire, and that's why it doesn't give its people health care. Yep. We're not going to talk about any of that because it hurts our bottom line. Mm-hmm. If you're not a willing stooge for this, you get fired. That's true. And that's I often wonder, too, when I'm watching the corporate media uh, in their press conference, why why don't they all get up and walk the fuck out? Why are anybody, why are they sitting there at all? It is a waste. But you're the, the, exactly what you're saying. It's a show. The whole pantomime of, of a free press. And they are pantomime. It's like we're pantomiming a free and fair democracy. We're not. Of course not. Right. So it's all the... Well, and, go ahead. Sorry. Go ahead. I mean, you, you even look at people like, like a Chuck Todd, for instance. Oh, God. Like this guy. He's my favorite. He I mean, I no hate. I hate. what he's saying. Yeah, yeah. Oh, God. Like, oh, like God. He doesn't, know, he doesn't understand half of what he said. He's no. reading it off a piece of paper. Right. He is a semi-decent actor playing a newscaster. Right. What it does is, he do? Right. A crime against humanity. What does he him really? call <laughs> a news broadcaster. He has no clue. He is an actor laying a news person exactly honestly, you could just cast somebody randomly in new york or la they'd probably do a better job it's true not even a decent act right like somebody just at least go in there and try to pretend they're like edward r murrow or something you know what i mean and not just a <laughs> lick spittle who he is such a sycophant of the elite and it's so clear that when he is done with his you know st- his set on whatever he, on msnbc He's he's palling around with the same people he's supposed to be reporting with, and he likes the access and the the cocktail parties, and the, that's what he 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 has a completely um, you know different view. And I often call him the Vichy. He's a uh, Vichy fr- like a Vichy collaborator in the class war. That's what he's totally like uh, Tokyo Rose in the class war, just out there pr- catapulting the propaganda of the billionaires on, uh, you know, who run this country into the, and, and just like in, when we often on the show, I bring it up, uh, d- different periods of history, like in the Roman empire, they, you know, they began as a Republic. They were overtaken. Of course it was always, uh, the rich o- owning everything. And the only time when you look back in Roman history, when they became a more fair Republic was when, Speaking of General Strike, the the people struck the entire Roman populace, walked the fuck out of Rome itself. They said, "Okay, bye bye, we're gone." And then mm-hmm. the uh, the senators they allowed the they gave them uh, some tribunes called the tribunes of the plebs. Before then, they had absolutely no power at all. And but that's what had to happen. They said, "Oh, okay, you're uh, you don't you don't want us to have any power at all or any say in the government." They literally walked out of Rome and left them to fend for themselves. And then because we have the power, it's always been the same story. And the American people, you're 100 percent right. We need to do the same thing. We need to have a general strike, but we will never well, look at what you know, happened. 
Good. Well, I was, I was just going to say, look at what's happened so far. I mean, to, to bring it back to a contemporary mm-hmm. place, look what's happened so far with Black Lives Matter. Now, when it comes to what needs to be done with the police, which I think we need to completely abolish it and, and reinvent what mm-hmm. it means to have law enforcement in our lives, I don't think this is something that can be reformed. That ship has sailed a long time ago. You need to get rid of it and start something new. But look at all the progress that has been made so far as a result of these protests, all the different policies that have been pushed forward in communities all across the country. Um, Do we still have a long, long way to go? Absolutely. But these protests in the past few weeks have accomplished more than decades. That's right. Rallying politicians and pleading with politicians. Decades. Mm-hmm. Rodney King was 1992, right. and it goes way further back than that. This is a 400-year uh, system of systemic racism. But, you know, like you got to just start somewhere for the point of comparison. So you can start in 1992. The past few weeks have accomplished more than everything from 1992 to, to present. In That's right. The police. Right. Hold on a sec. And we're back. Talking with Ron Placone, comedian Ron Placone from the Jimmy Dore show, from from uh, a lot of other places. T, where, well, TNT. Wait, wait, what am I saying? Uh, the Young TNT, Turks. I've never, I've never been on <laughs> TNT. That. There's so many acronyms. I've always, I've always wanted to present present a movie on TNT, but, but maybe Turner Movie Crack. I don't even know. <laughs> He's been on Turner Movie Classics. He's been on uh, Bear Grylls. He's been on. <laughs> Naked and afraid. I've been on Nick at night. <laughs> I've been on Happy Days. Right. Laverne and Shirley. He's been he's he does it all. He's well <laughs> rounded. <laughs> right. Anyway. So I'm 104 years old. <laughs> yeah, you look good though. Uh, Thank you. I feel like I'm a hundred and I mean these past couple of years, I, I feel like I've aged a thousand years, but it's like uh, the you know they say at the end you don't see um, Trump getting I mean obviously he is a disgusting human being but you know when they always do the pictures the comparison of the of the president when they first get into office and then when they leave and they they look like haggard and old so uh, we're all gonna look like that by the time Trump is gone. Right? <laughs> <laughs> right. I mean he's so I mean he's he's a pretty like. I mean, what's what's a good word for it? like he's he's kind of like a like a fabricated appearance already. Yeah. Oh, he's I, gross. I mean, I don't. Yeah. I mean, I know some people think it might be a wig. I I, I don't know if it is or not. I have no clue. I, I you know I I don't really care. Right. But, right. You know, his hair is kind of just there, and and yeah, you know, he does the whole spray tan thing. So it he's gross. Yeah, it seems like you wouldn't really notice a couple years on that guy. Right. Like it is what it is. And he's well, I know we do. I don't know if you notice. I mean, he is getting rather large. It's clear that he's, he can't control himself. He's just a glutton. So he's got access to the White House kitchens 24-7. And I'm sure he's got them really busy, like coming up with all kinds of disgusting, greasy hamburgers. Like, he, you know, he's gross. So it doesn't matter. He's a <laughs> disgusting person. And yesterday I did a show and we were talking about just what a con man he is. And this is what is so concerning. I never realized, and I guess that's what's so depressing about this time. And I, I don't know. It's just how, how stupid people are. I never realized how 
easily played people are it's it's really upsetting and there's so many of them millions still that will vote for him and even voted for him knowing what a con man he was all of uh, like yesterday we did the show and we were talking about the trump network vitamins that's a less known <laughs> one of trump's scams i didn't know about that yeah he would he for years it only lasted around two years he bought into something called the well it was called ideal health when he signed up but it was a multi-level marketing scam where you peed in a in a trump branded cup sent in your urine to a fake lab and then they gave you non-fda approved sugar pills basically that did nothing and you you were supposed to do this every six months and you paid a subscription fee but of course it went bust i mean everything he touches dies so that in itself and they talked to people who had lost ten thousand dollars and uh, in the scam you know it's like any scam that's what they it's it was a it's a pyramid scheme that's what it was so that's all he is he's never been a successful businessman he's not a successful businessman none of his children are they're just grifters period end of sentence and it's pretty fucked up really so well, I, I don't know. I I was pretty inspired when his son was interviewing him. That was pretty epic. When his was, son was what? Did you see that? What? Wait. Oh, you missed it. His his son interviewed him. Oh no. It's, I oh, I gotta, saw. I saw it, oh no. It's something to behold. It, I have it's, to. It's very very much something to behold. But I would say, you know, the biggest scam he has run as of recent. Um, you know, aside from just all the insane, ridiculous financial crimes that he has committed while being in office mm-hmm. to uh, inflate yes. himself. Yeah. Now, I will say this, though. The reason they didn't look into any of that stuff, you know, when, when they were going through the impeachment process and everything else, mm-hmm. the reason they never touched any of the actual financial corruption Donald Trump is doing is because people like Nancy Pelosi are complicit in it. Yeah. They do similar stuff. That's right. And so that's I mean and again, this goes back into the systemic problem. Yep. Trump is a symptom of a much bigger disease. That's right. That is a rot in our politics. And, you know, he just puts an uglier face because yes. he's so he lacks all subtleties that he's just really bringing to the surface what's been going on for a long time. And the biggest scam I would say he committed was selling this idea that he was some kind of right-wing populist for the working man. And right. I've been saying for a long time, I'm like, that's an oxymoron. That's not a thing. <laughs> because the idea of populism has been co-opted so many different times throughout yeah. American history to be painted into this thing that it actually isn't, when in reality what it is is it's the rise of the working people mm-hmm. and it's power of the working people. So it's been co-opted and misappropriated many, many times throughout history and I'm very happy to report there's a book about this that's coming out really soon by Thomas Frank. Oh, cool. Um, it, oh, man, I forget the title off the top of my head, but, but it, it's going to be – it's Thomas Frank's newest book, and it's Let's specifically see. about the history of populism. Oh. And he goes through era after era. Like, you know, the reason we got a nationalized rail was because of uh, a populist movement. Um, you know, one of the things that really helped women get to the, the right to vote was a populist movement. But every single time – it got co-opted and spun into something it isn't. Oh, wow. And Donald Trump is like the newest chapter in that. He 
he spun Shit. this idea of right and it wasn't him working alone i mean steve bannon was behind yeah. him people like that you know kind of pulling these strings and he sold this idea and so many people throughout the country you know they took a chance on obama and their life didn't get any better right they've been neglected for years and years and years and they saw this That's new it. branding and they thought i might as well take a chance on this That's because right. the republicans have never been for me but the democrats left me behind That's too. it. Maybe yeah. this guy is something different. Mm-hmm. And what that goes to show is that if a fake populist can win, then a real populist <laughs> can beat. <laughs> that a is fake true. Populist. That's and right. We, and we had that, we had that. Yep. But we we're still not running it. We're still we still do not have the nominee is Joe Biden. Someone who is also against the working man. You can babble right. on about Amtrak all you want. It's a bunch of BS. So, mm-hmm. you know, I don't know if Donald Trump's going to revive his, his fake populist message. I'm sure he's going to try. Right. Will it be effective or won't it? I don't know. But once again, this brings us back to the theme we were talking about earlier. It's Donald Trump versus Donald Trump. Right. Can he con enough people to win again? And yeah. if he does, he'll win. If he doesn't, he it's won't. true. Well, I originally thought... Mm-hmm. Go ahead, well, sorry. I was just going to say, like, if we were having this discussion pre-pandemic, um, or, or even during the pandemic, to tell you the truth, uh, when it first started, I mean, I thought, like, there's no chance Trump's going to for sure win. I, I was thinking it's about a 90-some percent chance Trump wins again, because I just don't see Biden beating him. Right. Um, now, because of just how insane things are, I do think there's a chance that Donald Trump could beat himself and and Biden with (laughs) presidency. Um, I still, I'm leaning towards Trump still probably going to win. But I would say it's about 55. No way. Well, I'd say it's about 55, mm, 45. Wow. I I, I do not think this thing's over. No, no. People are pointing at these polls and they're saying, look, and I know there's people online already celebrating a Biden Mm. victory. And you know what? Tara, we've been here before. I know. Wait, we've hold on. We've been here before. I, you know, I mean, I, I remember. Oh, are we? Yeah, afraid? that's okay. Now we're back. Oh, <laughs> Go ahead. Go ahead. You remember. Well, I, Go ahead. I was just going to say, I mean, I, I, re- I remember in 2016 when, you know, everybody was high-fiving in yep. August and then in September. And then, you know, and I remember, I mean, I remember election night. I yeah. Mean, I'll never Oof. forget it. Me too. So election night 2016. I was in Seattle, Washington, because I had just done a college gig. And I can tell you, these college kids, they were scared. They mm. were uneasy. They were scared. They weren't happy about the direction this country was going. Um, and they did not have any enthusiasm about any of the candidates. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just told them, I'm like, look, you know, no matter what, um, you know, you just got to keep your head up. You got to keep going. You got to keep fighting. And you know, the midterms is going to be huge in 2018 anyway. So no matter what happens with the White House, you know, there's still a huge midterm coming up, um, you know, whatever. And that night I wanted to find somewhere to go. And a friend of mine was going to a Hillary event. Mm, and, okay. You know, that's I'm, interesting. I'm no fan of Hillary. <laughs> right. Well, yeah. I, I'm no fan of Hillary, but I figured, well, I'd rather yeah. you know, see my friend than be by myself. And uh, the ironic part is, is my friend didn't show up. <laughs> oh, no. So you were all by yourself yeah, in there. He, he recently had a kid 
And he's like, look, man, this is just how it goes. I, I can't get out of the house. Wow. I, my, my wife and I, I can't. I was like, okay. So I'm at this Hillary event by myself. Oh, wow. And um, everybody was like, oh, I don't even know where, why. It was already like they were partying like she won. Wow. And wow. always of the skeptical, like, this thing's not guaranteed. Holy shit. Um, and everyone, like this one guy was like, yeah, you, you realize it's already over, right? And I'm like, dude, do you really? Wow. I don't think so. And then I'll, I'll never forget, um, they called, like it was closer than people were guessing it was going to be. Yeah. And then when I, the moment I knew Trump won. Wow. Was when they called the West Coast early. Uh-oh. Because. You know, the West Coast is going to go blue, right? Right. I mean, Washington, Oregon, California, it's going to go blue. So they called it early for Hillary. And the reason they did that is, and I'm thinking, this thing's over, and they're trying to just draw it out. So they're going to report the West Coast now. Yeah. So Hillary gets this big old lead because yes. in reality, yes, Trump's yes. going to pass her. So it was so, I felt like I was in a cartoon. Holy shit. Because there's always these Hillary, they announced the West Coast. And people just think they're announcing the West Coast. So everyone's celebrating and cheersing and, and going rah-rah Hillary. Well, I'm sitting there, and I'm like, wow. you realize this means she lost. Like, like what planet are you guys on? Like, oh, like, no. Do you, do you never follow this stuff? No, they don't. They want to go to – they're at brunch. Weird. Yeah, yeah. They're yeah. at brunch. And, and, and I don't think that's – you know, and, and just I'm not saying that's representative of every single right. person that, you know, pulled a lever, lever for Hillary Clinton in 2016 because 65 million people did. Right. Most of them did it because they were like, I'm only doing this because if I don't do this, Donald Trump becomes president. Yes. Most people who voted for Hillary Clinton, that's why they did it. They weren't like big Hillary fans. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it was so anyway. I'm seeing these polls now saying Joe Biden is up by all these, and I'm taking it with a huge grain of salt. Wow. I'm, I'm taking it. I'm taking it with an entire dozen of pretzels. That's how much salt <laughs> I need to take that. So no, I, I don't think this thing is anywhere near decided. I don't think this thing is any. I mean, oh I think no, it could no, really no. Go either way. And uh, again, I'm just in preparation mode. No matter what, there wow. is not going to be someone in the White House who is going to lead on yeah. climate change. Yeah. No matter what. There is not someone who is going to lead on what needs to be done about law enforcement, on what needs to be done about immigration, on what needs to be done about health care. No matter what, we're not going to have somebody who leads on that. And if Biden does win, the biggest fear that I do have is that the movement that has been, you know, incited mm-hmm. goes goes back to sleep. Yeah. I sincerely hope well, that does not happen. That's what we were just saying in the clip that I played with Joy Reid. She literally said don't you wish you could sleep so i mean that's not uh, uh she was really well, for sh- someone like her it's a game yeah I-, I mean for someone like her it's just a game for someone like her it's just you know she's rich so for right. someone like that and, and when i say rich i don't just mean like oh she's in a higher tax bracket than a lot of people i mean you know she's a multi-millionaire yeah. lives in this high they live in these ivory towers and these are just their peers yep you know like like these these big politicos these donors those are their peers that's, that's right and read peers yeah she hangs so out with these people mm-hmm. disrupt, yep yeah mm-hmm. they don't want to disrupt the status quo and to them it's just an ego thing if the right. democrats in there they just feel a little bit better about exactly themselves. If the democrats not in there 
they're a little bit bummed out because the Republican is like, ooh, I don't like you. Right. Um, but for other people, these are policies that really affect our freaking lives. Right, so right. it goes a little deeper than, you know, oh, we can just go back to brunch if a Democrat's in the White That's House. That's it. But you know what? Obama was in the White House for eight years, mm-hmm. and he ran yeah. out a bomb. He continued the war machine that Bush put on autopilot. Right. He continued that. Yep. He didn't do anything about it. He did horrific things in the housing market. Yep. Um, he yeah. bailed out Wall Street, forgot about Main Street. And people were responding. There was an Occupy Wall Street movement. Um, but, you know, the working class was brought to its knees again. Yep, that's right. So they took a chance on this right-wing demagogue. Yes. And, and if we have four underwhelming years of a Joe Biden, mm-hmm. then guess what? There's going to be another demagogue in 2024. Well, that's it. It's probably going to be worse than Trump because he's going to be he or she is going to be more competent. That's it. Well, Trump. that's exactly going to be hard for the GOP to get someone. Exactly. Competent. That's what I, we say on the show. I say that all the time. We don't have to um, be Miss Cleo to predict that. That is what will happen. We don't need to be a psychic mm-hmm. friend. We just look through and look in history. The economic disparity, the income inequality that we experience, that this country is is living with, the the gap between rich and poor is wider than it was in ancient Rome. Think about that. That is horrific. Mm-hmm. And they were a, a true, legit slave economy. So it's they. this is the stuff of dictatorship. And that's what's so heartbreaking because we've had Democratic presidents who've warned us about this. And include, we also had a Republican president, Eisenhower, who warned us about it as well. But we had FDRs winning his winning uh, policies, him telling the Democratic Party to do uh, to maintain a liberal heart and be uh, do not give way to the moneyed interests. That's how we will win. And he also talked about winning a lasting peace as well. And how do you win a lasting peace? Is that his well, his proposal was the second Bill of Rights. The one you know, once we finish, once we win over fascism in Europe. We have to win a lasting peace at home and to ensure that no dictatorship is ever established in the United States. And he proposed a uh, universal health care, universal the living wages, uh, right to a house, right, right to housing, right to uh, decent jobs, you know, all of that. That we should, as normal people, as Democrats, as people who are able and capable of functioning in democracy that's what we should be running on not this uh you know whatever the i don't even know what is joe biden for by the way what is he i don't i have no idea what his well, policies I mean, are to quote him nothing will fundamentally right. change <laughs> that's what that's, he's I for mean, that's literally what <laughs> yes said. yes exactly nothing will fundamentally change yes um i mean joe biden <laughs> has been a blank suit his entire yep. career, oh my he has God. been on the wrong side of nearly everything. Of everything. Uh, he he yep. authored the crime bill. Uh, he loved the Patriot Act. He was for the Iraq War. I mean, this is a guy with enough skeletons in his closet he could decorate for Halloween anytime he wants. <laughs> and, you know, I mean, it's just... Yeah. If an opposition's main priority was actually beating Trump, if it was actually yeah. beating Trump, 
Do you think they would have done everything in their power to make sure this guy the nominee? I know. Of all of them, I mean, of I mean, all. They did everything right. in their power to cheat for this guy. Yes, yes. Because they don't. They just want someone that's going to uphold the status quo. Oh, Whoa, God. They don't care if yeah. Biden beats Trump or not. Yeah. And if he does, it'll just be because the circumstance of the world was so intense. Yeah, it's that true. anything would have beat who's currently in the White House. Exactly, the right. the only way mm -hmm. Joe Biden will win. And it's just... I mean, again, you couldn't write this stuff. No. If we pitched this as a movie script, nobody would buy right. it because they would say it's too unrealistic. Yeah. They would say nobody would believe it. I don't Who would believe it? This is why, and how many years ago on The Simpsons, they the most outrageous president that they could predict in the future was Donald Trump. And, you know, they got that right. Yeah. And it's true. I never thought that we'd be this bad but you know i, I hated uh the republicans we knew i've i've been saying it for years that they're 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 unfit they're incapable of functioning in a free democratic society i mean that's really what it's about but you're uh what you're saying is 100 percent right too because they um the the dlc democratic party made him possible they brought us here with the economic policies wait let me see what time is it Oh, I stepped on my own cue there. Yeah, no, I was just wondering if that was, what cue that was, what time it was. Okay, yeah. I don't know how you deal with the wonders of radio. It's, a, it's intense. It's annoying. It's, uh, well, no, I mean, it is what it is. I just started to do it. They, it just started They last week. That was the first week that I had to do it. So I'm still getting used to it. And then I have to cut up the show, so that takes some time. And I have to give them the pieces, and then they put in the commercials. I don't get any money from the commercials, but, you know, that's how it goes, right? It's sort of like a bringer show on uh, some comedy <laughs> set, right? It's, uh, they'll say, well, down the road. That's why we have to, why I always say, you know, people have to support the liberal media. This is the liberal media, and, it, and we don't have billionaire benefactors. They, uh, for example, I don't know if you know this, I say this on the show a lot, the uh like the likes of Breitbart the reason Breitbart is such a big thing now and it, even with tentacles in the White House and Steve Bannon is a big thing because the Mercer family funded Breitbart they gave Breitbart six uh, Andrew Breitbart himself six million dollars to start that rag that's what the conservatives do they understand how important it is to own the conversation and you know we're in the we're in the the state that we're in partly because of the of the propaganda you know we don't um we it, we wouldn't be this uh, this far gone if it, if not for the deregulated media and that came from Reagan uh, deregulating uh, the fairness doctrine and then Bill Clinton who put the nail in the coffin of it with the telecommunications yep. act so I mean, it is the truth that we have it coming from both sides. It's the so-called left, that's not left. They're just moderate Republican. If they're even moderate, they propose, they give Republican policy. I mean, Obamacare, that is the Republican health care plan. And it sucks. Yeah, it was Romney's plan. Exactly. And it was Nixon's plan before that to keep the for-profit health insurance in business that's what it was 
mandate. Now all of a sudden Republicans are against mandates. That's only because they really want, ultimately the goal is to dismantle democracy. And that's why it's so concerning what Mitch, uh, Mitch McConnell's doing with the courts because he's following the, the Nazi playbook. That's what any autocrat does. They delegitimize the courts and they own the courts. So when you start suing or you start um, let's whatever it might be, you start pushing back on their power grabs. It gets eventually gets to the court, and then they have a flunky sitting there to nullify everything. And that's how they legitimately grab power. And it's not legitimate, but they do it through the veneer of le- le- legitimacy. Just like uh, I mean, that's what the re- Republicans are doing. Yeah. Yeah. So. Well, yeah, and and you look at you know Mitch McConnell is pretty much as corrupt as they get. Oh, yeah. And definitely. You know, I mean, we can even go to Kentucky this week. Uh, right now, as far as I know, they they still don't know exactly who's going to win this thing. But, you know, you have right. um, Charles Booker on the one side who really built a movement around him. And then you have Amy McGrath, a pro-Trump mm-hmm. Democrat, mm-hmm. Uh, on the God. other side. And they... They did everything they could to try to stifle him. Right. To try to make That's sure right. That mm-hmm. he did not move forward. Now, it looks like he might anyway, which fingers crossed. I mean, I'm definitely rooting for him. I want to see him win. Um, and I think if she wins, look, you give somebody the choice between a Republican and a Republican, they're just going to choose the Republican. That's right. Yep. That, yep. That's how that works. I mean, this whole like. Yep. You know, all these quote unquote, like, 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 like white, moderate, right, you know, middle please. of the road. It, it, it didn't work in 2016. Yeah. It's not going to work now. Right. And it never, when you really break it down, it seldomly ever works. The only time something like that is remote. I mean, and, and there's a few times where there's a few, for instances, like, like, like when Connor Lamb won in Pennsylvania, mm-hmm. it was like, they were like, oh, well, see, he ran to the right. And it was like, no, that guy, the way his right. district was drawn up, you had part of Allegheny County, which was the city. That's the city of Pittsburgh or mm-hmm. near the city of Pittsburgh. <clears throat> you had part of that county in his district and just enough people showed up from that county that he got the win. So it's mm. like, no, it, it, Trump Trump fatigue was enough to get him through in that one, for instance. But unless every district in the country was drawn that same way, where you have part of a city center mixed with other, urb, uh, excuse me, with other rural areas, that's not going to work throughout mm-hmm. the country. Mm-hmm. So that was pretty much an anomaly. And that's what we're dealing with. Yes. That is what we're dealing with, where people are like, well, let's just run a, a, a centrist, quote unquote. Which again, in any other in any Ugh. other democratic experiment, a centrist here would be considered fringe right wing right. anywhere else. Totally. And Republicans pretty much don't exist. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, the Republican Party does not exist in any other democratic experiment. I, I mean, the the Republican Party make the Tories oh, God. Uh, like Mother Teresa. Really? Really? Comparatively speaking. It makes the liberals in Australia look like Mother Teresa in comparison. Mm-hmm. They're still terrible political parties, don't get me <laughs> wrong. But compared to our Republican Party, you know, something Noam Chomsky himself has said is one of the greatest threats to human oh, uh, yes. society. Yes. I mean, it's unheard of. I mean, the only thing, you, the only place you can go to find something like the Republican Party 
are straight up authoritarian right. regimes. That's true. And what's that telling you? That's telling you that this whole quote unquote democracy ain't really working. That's right. Especially, I mean, the Republican Party is, you're right, it's so far off the chart and it's so far to over, I mean, it's beyond fascism that doesn't believe in science, that disputes the science of climate change. I mean, everywhere you look, that's why they are an illegitimate party. I don't think they're redeemable at all. And Biden this is what annoys me about him as well, is that the DLC Democrats, the Amy Klobuchar's, the Joe Bidens, they legitimize the Republican Party when they should be calling them out for the danger to democracy that they are. They are an illegitimate party that is uninterested in governing. They have no interest in governing. They want their whole objective is to drag us back to the system that basically the founders rebelled against, where the rich run everything and everybody else is out here fighting over the scraps and you find a lord to serve, you you're, you're, um, really have no power to stand up to them. Your entire existence, if you need help, there's no social safety net, you go to the church. I mean, this is what the Republicans are building, and that's they're right out in the open with it, too. So for Joe Biden to say, I can work with them, what are you working with? <laughs> you know, you're working with a, a an illegitimate party that put a goddamn con man with a fake university and a fake multi-level marketing vitamin scam as your standard bearer, despite receiving fewer votes, right? That's another thing. But Joe, Joe Biden, Joe Biden won't even say he he says even more than just we got to, you know, like we uh, I can work with them. He also right. says that we need them. Yes, exactly. I mean, that's his big message. It's an idiot. Where people, right. I mean, I mean, again, part of the reason people migrated to Trump was because they thought like he was going to stand up to to the beltway. He was right. going to be an alternative. It, it was a big lie. Yes. It was a joke. That's right. But that's still like the lie that he sold. So people are just, people don't want to hear, I can work with Republicans. Yes, people I know. People don't want to hear, no, no. everything's fine with the Democratic Party. They want to hear some new ideas. Yes. They want, that's why over 70% of the country thinks Medicare for all is a good idea now. Mm-hmm. Over 70%. Yep, that's great. the fact that it has been demonized in the corporate media yep. by every single outlet, Fox News, MSNBC, yes. CNN, all of them have demonized it to the nth degree. Right. They use that buzz, that evil buzzword, socialism. I know, Ooh. right. <laughs> and even despite their best efforts, over 70% of the American people are waking up and they're going to be like, this is ridiculous. I know. That we don't have the type of system other countries with less wealth than us, take for freaking granted. Exactly. And that people go bankrupt over medical. I know. That it's disgusting. Happen yep. in a society like this. That should not happen. That shouldn't happen anywhere. No. No. Nope. But it certainly nope. shouldn't happen in the richest country in the that world. That is There's right. No reason ever for it. Absolutely. And, you know. I mean. Uh oh. People in other countries. They're, they're just. Uh oh. Did I? There's the. No. No. Go ahead. We're. Uh, we're this is the end. This is the end of the show now. Oh, okay. Supposedly. Well, we're going to continue. Anyway, I just want to... Follow me on Twitter, at yes. <laughs> That's Thank you, Ron Placone, for hanging out. And follow Ron and listen to uh, what is, Jimmy Dore Show. Jimmy 
What's that? Wait, keep going. Wait, I'll lower that. Uh, That's I a little loud. Get your news on with Ron. Oh, yes. Get your news on with Ron. That's right. I was on that show the yeah. other day. YouTube.com slash Ron Placone. Every day you do it, right? Most weekdays, yeah. All right, cool. Very cool. All right, this, this goes on for like another 30 seconds. <laughs> These aren't very smooth cues, obviously. <laughs> Thank you, guys. We stick together. We win. My name is Tara Devlin. I'll see you soon. All right. I don't know. We're going to... Boom. I got to fix that, I guess, in post. But anyway. All right. We're still going, even though the Progressive Voices show is over now. But gotcha. I also, I know you have to leave because you have another show. What's going on tonight? You're doing something? Yeah. No, let everyone know. So uh, Graham Elwood and myself, who is the comedian I usually tour with, we uh, we're not going to be touring much in 2020. Actually, we, we canceled all of our tour dates. Mm. Um, yeah, it it, it hurts. Yeah, I mean, it makes me incredibly <clears throat> sad. We were supposed to be in New York City in September. That's not going to happen. Right. Um, you know, with everything with COVID, it's just too unpredictable. And we just decided that we're just going to push everything until next summer. Yeah. And hopefully, everything will be. Uh, I don't want to say back to normal because that's not what I want. I want a new normal. That's right. <laughs> totally. Hopefully, uh, COVID will be under control. We'll either have a vaccine or at least very good treatment so it's not spreading the way it is now. And we will be back on tour then and live performance will be a thing of the, again. But in right. the meantime, uh, we're doing a Zoom show tonight. Oh, cool. And uh, yeah, the way we're doing it, I know uh, you're hoping to pop in. It starts at 10 p.m. Eastern time, 7 p.m. Pacific time. Cool. And uh, the way we do it is um, you just Venmo Graham five bucks. His Venmo is just Graham dash Elwood. And um, we're giving all the proceeds to uh, we're, we're donating them and we're going to donate all the proceeds to our local chapter, which in, in our case is Los Angeles, the Los Angeles chapter of Black Lives Matter. Oh, cool. So all the proceeds are going to be donated. Uh, if you don't do Venmo, and you still want to come to the show, just email me, ronplacone.com. You can just email me. Just say you want to come to the show. And all we ask in return is that, hey, just promise us you're going to donate five bucks or whatever amount you're comfortable with to your local Black Lives Matter chapter or a charity that you deem worthy. It can be any charity you want. But, you know, just promise that you'll, uh, you'll try to help somebody out uh, the best you can. Um, you know, because we're, you know, it's all mm -hmm. for charity anyway. We're donating everything. So people can just promise we believe them. We believe you. And uh, we'll send you the link and uh, we'd yeah, yeah. join the show. So oh, it should, cool. be, should be a good time. That's, uh, that's 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific over on the Zoom. And we'll send the link out to yes. everybody who has registered, uh, you know, about an hour before showtime. All right. Cool. That's, that's the skinny there. Wonderful. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it. That's great. Yeah. Thank yeah, you, Ron. And in the meantime, Absolutely. we yeah. So if you you want to post something, uh, I'll put it up on RDT Daily and on the Tarabuster Facebook page and everywhere else. So and I'll tweet it out so people yeah. get it. Yeah, just just send direct people to my website, just ronplacone.com. Okay, and, cool. You know, and you can just have them follow me on Twitter. It's just at ronplacone. Nice. And that's the best. All right. Well, thank you yeah. so much for hanging out, Ron. 
And also, thanks for having of me. Of course, anytime, anytime. So we will. Uh, I'll see you soon, and we'll get together again soon. And Ron will be back on the show. I know you're a fan favorite, and I want to thank you for everything you know to, that you do because your work is really important. So join Ron every day on Get Your News On with Ron and at um, the on the Jimmy Dore Show. This is how we're gonna win. We get the word out, and that's it. We stick together, we win. It is the, it has to be a a way of life nowadays, really. That's for sure. So, yeah, uh, yeah. I hear you. All right, Ron. I'll talk to you later. All right, thanks, Sarah. Thank you. I'll see you soon. Bye bye, everyone. Ron Placone, the amazing Ron Placone. Let's see. Let me get back. Everything is screwed up on my ecam here. Let me see my. I haven't seen the chatters in a while. So, all right. Uh, yeah, we this Progressive Voices show is over, so it's sort of like now we're just hanging out and being ourselves. So that's good. We're just being ourselves. Let me see. Who's here on the chat? Let me get back to your chatters. I want to thank you all for hanging out every Saturday evening from 6 to 8 p.m. Eastern. We have a lot of fans... A lot more, I could see you on your, I could see the numbers, and that's pretty good. So, great. And also, I want to thank you again, Joey Bay, for your extremely generous super chat and all the other super chatters. That's what's going to keep the show going. Thank you, Haiku. Thank you, Jim, of course. And, yeah, but nobody beats Joey Bay today. So, all right, let me see. Let me get my my game back on here because we were another thing we want to talk about. Uh, besides, everything sucks. Everything does suck. Let's see. Another thing. Well, you know what happened today. Uh, Twitler, he's back golfing. Okay, yeah, Twitler sucks. And he's out on the golf course. Besides, well, he said that he he was going to stay home to enforce law and order. Twitler is going to himself. He's going to he's going to enforce law and order. What's he going to do? He's going to go out there and wave his Bible around. According to the Daily Beast, President Trump. Well, I don't call him President Trump. Twitler visited his private golf course. Remember how he was never going to leave the White House because he had too much work to do and who would want to leave? Yeah, remember that? That's another thing. Don't these Republicans, aren't they sick of getting played? I don't want to hear. You know, I was talking to somebody, I think I was telling you, a friend of mine I know who lives on Staten Island. It is a, it's a, it's a bastion of Trump in New York. And they are surrounded still by Trump supporters. What's it going to take for these people? I have no time for them. I, there is no excuse for anyone not to get the memo at this time, not to understand what what they're dealing with, what we're dealing with, and what's at stake. I don't have any time for them anyway. 
the minute they walked down, the minute Twitler came down that escalator saying Mexicans were rapists, that's enough. People should have known. But I know how stupid this country is. And we played the other day that that um, video from Florida with the woman talking about how she wouldn't wear a mask and they're in the deep state and everyone's going to get arrested. And this is what we're up against. But that's all because of propaganda. It wouldn't be that bad. We would, uh, yeah, we always have idiots. We always have to deal with morons. They have always been amongst us. But they're prolific. They are out there in legion because of the uh, of right-wing propaganda. Because of both sides of the aisle, deregulated media, they created silos of information where you could walk into this bubble and you will never hear the truth. Except, what will you hear? We, I mean, we live in a country where somebody drove for miles and miles and miles for hours and hours to expose a pedophile ring in a pizzeria that didn't, I mean, the pizzeria existed, but there was no pedophile ring. That's how disgusting this country has, has become. And you don't have a functioning society. That's another mark of a society that's broken. When the people believe conspiracy theories, when they're impervious to facts, where they're, they think that the government is, I mean, the government does fucked up things and the government can do, do good things, but the government isn't whatever, um, running a pedophile ring out of a pizzeria. If that's what you think, then we're in big, big trouble. And a lot of them do think that, which is the problem. But, yeah, we have big problems. Uh, namely, another problem is the... Well, it is the problem. And like we were talking with Ron Placone, the fact that we have a Twitler is solely because we have a broken system. And it's not the democracy, so to speak, that is just broken. It is the economy. The economy created Twitler. And when you have a corporate media that continues to harp on the, the great, well, before the pandemic, what a great economy, what a great economy... It is not a great economy. It's, never, it's not been a great economy in my entire life. It has been a struggling economy. It's great if you're rich. Yes, if that's what you consider great. But you also have to be kind of a sociopath to think that it's great if you're, you want to be a rich person in a poor country where the majority of your fellow citizens can't save $400. So according to, this is an article from 2019, the rich get richer, it's from Reuters, everyone else not so much in the, US, in the record U.S. expansion. Now this should be on every uh, CNN ticker, every lower third going by. Why? No, not, not, not that Trump went golfing. Yeah, he sucks. 
But what the systemic problems are. No, not that Nancy Pelosi took a knee. Great. Wonderful. Meanwhile, according to Reuters, let's see, money. Uh, okay, it's not just... I'm trying to find a good place to start. Well, they... All right, last month, Pink Floyd frontman David Gilmore sold his guitar collection for $21.5 million, including one piece, his famed Black Strat Fender Stratocaster that went for nearly $4 million. To the U.S. owner of the U.S. to the to the owner of the U.S. National Football League, the money quote unquote singer, the song money that's what they're referencing, set a musical instrument sales record in the charity auction, making yet another milestone for a booming market. Just weeks after New York-based art dealer Sotheby's auctioned Claude Monet's Mulius, I can't remember. I mean, I can't pronounce that. Mulius for $110 million. Now I feel, let me see how to pronounce this. Mulet. I know it's French. Pronunciation. Hmm. Let's see. Oh, no. It means stacks in English, but whatever. Okay. For $110 million, the most ever for an Impressionist painting. And it's not just instruments and paintings in high demand among the world's billionaire set. Auction houses themselves now appear to be prized vanity purchases. Just weeks before the Pink Floyd auction, Franco-Israeli cable magnet Patrick Drani, who's firm Altice earns significant money in the United States, made a $3.7 billion bid for Sotheby's, which has hosted, which hosted the Monet sale. Welcome to the longest U.S. expansion in history, one perhaps best characterized by the excesses of extreme wealth and an ever-widening chasm between the unfathomably rich and everyone else. Indeed, as the expansion entered its record-setting 121st month on Monday, signs of a new Gilded Age are all over. And this is what we've been calling it here, at least, the new Gilded Age. Now, Twitler didn't inherit, like Obama did, he didn't inherit a faltering economy. Unfortunately, like we were talking about with Ron Placone, Obama was not a, a FDR Democrat. He was a Republican. And he answered the, the moment, not with FDR progressive democratic policies, but with Reag more Reagan policies, more kiss-up, kick-down policies. And something that Ron mentioned, he's, he mentioned the housing crisis how Obama bailed out the banks. That is completely Obama. Now, I hear a lot of Democrats say, oh, well, he didn't have a majority. He only had a majority for three months in both houses. Well, the, when it comes to the housing crisis, that was all Obama. He made a choice. He, there was going to be a bailout of banks, Meanwhile, there were many millions of Americans were underwater in their mortgages. 
Obama made the calculated choice to bail out the banks instead of the people. Now, he could have bailed out the people. He could have given, and by extension, bail out the banks. You understand? Giving the money to the people to to get themselves out of the underwater mortgage market and thereby saving their homes. And he didn't. He gave the money to the banksters yet again, who effed over the American people yet again. That was Obama for you. And he did that deliberately. That was his choice. It was all him. This is why we have a Twitler today. It's the truth. And like we were talking with Ron, and it is the consistent betrayal back and forth betrayal of the Republican Party, the Democratic Party, the Republican. People vote back and forth. A lot of people don't know what they're voting for. They just think, okay, I'm going to vote for, uh, we need change. And then you have somebody as the American people are going, slipping, the middle class are slipping lower and lower and lower and lower on the ladder. And here comes somebody after the abomination of the Bush years, another Republican catastrophe, a catastrophic success, according to Republicans themselves, it's only a success. It's a su- success for them. Yeah. They always win. Tails, we lose. Heads, they win. They're always winning. But a catastrophic success as we slip lower and lower on the ladder. And here comes Obama running on, he literally runs on change. Change we can believe in. This, when I think about this, I get sick. Because it's like, what does that mean? Nothing. Change we can believe in. It's, it's ridiculous. It's fantasy. It means zero, zippo, nothing. Change we can believe in? I know what change I expected and wanted. I was hoping to have a new, new deal. And that's what we need. We needed it Years ago, we needed it when I was a kid. We didn't need more kiss-up, kick-down Reaganomics. I got mine, sucks to be you, oh well. Concentrate wealth, higher and higher into fewer and fewer hands. 121 straight months of economic expansion, yet two weeks into a pandemic and people miss two paychecks and they're on a food bank line. That's a catastrophic success. Okay, yeah. That's a catastrophic success. It's a catastrophe for us and a success for the ones at the top, as always. And that's why, when it drives me insane to hear the corporate media talking about getting back to normal, this is normal. We got a bunch of billionaires riding us all to the bank like parasites. And then the article continues, big money deals are getting bigger from corporate mergers to acquisitions to individuals buying luxury penthouses, sports teams, yachts, all frills, pilgrimage to the ends of the earth. And while these deals grab headlines, there is a deeper trend at work. The number of billionaires in the United States has more than doubled in the last decade, from 267 in 2008 to 607 last year according to the IRS. So not only while that's happening, while we double the amount of billionaires, the amount of 
middle-class Americans slips lower on the ladder. We get fewer people in the middle class while we get more billionaires. This is disgusting. And it's on both sides. Thank you. If nothing's going to change Joe Biden, then we're in big-ass trouble. The rich have gotten richer and they've gotten richer faster, says John Matthews, head of private wealth management and, and ultra-high net worth UBS, global wealth management. The drive or the desire for consumption has just gone up scale. But there are also signs of struggle and stagnation at lower income levels. The wealthiest fifth of Americans hold 88% of the country's wealth a share that has grown since, the, since before the crisis, Federal Reserve data through 2016 shows. Meanwhile, the number of people receiving federal food stamps tops 39 million below the peak in 2013, but still up 40% from 2008. And even though the country's population has only grown to 8%. Now, that's when the Republicans come after... Yeah, they talk about the Democrats and, oh, they're the food stamps. Remember, Obama was the food stamp president. And who repeats these bogus bullshit, I got mine, kiss up, kick down, effing class war uh, talking points? Who? The filthy, disgusting Republican dupes who watch Fox News, the temporarily embarrassed millionaires the ones who beg and pine for their abusers to trickle on them and meet, meet them for a beer and trickle on them. That's, they, they, they're the ones. You know, when Trump goes into his Nuremberg rally and says, oh, we have less people off food stamps, that's because they are cutting the food stamp rolls. They're cutting the eligibility. They're, but it doesn't mean that people are off food stamps because they don't need them. In fact, we need them more. And on top of needing food stamps, we need a social safety net. We need to fix this economy so it works for all. You understand the game that they have played on us? While they concentrate wealth, the rich have gotten disgustingly richer. And the poor have gotten poorer, and the working class have become the working poor, and the middle class have become smaller and smaller amounts of the population. Less and less of us are in the middle class. Although, most Americans will say, if you ask them if they're middle class, they'll say yes. When they don't realize, no, you're not. You're the working poor. If you can't take a day off, if you can't... Um, if you can't miss two paychecks and not rely on a food bank, you're not in the middle class, I hate to tell you. If you're living check to check, you're not in the middle class. You are the working poor. So the article continues, still a decade ago, this kind of growth was not possible. The U.S. financial system was in a shambles, and people feel bank failures could permanently undermine capitalism. Oh, please, I wish. P pretty please, can we finally undermine capitalism? Thank you. 
once and for all? You know how you undermine it? How about you make it work for all? You regulate it tightly. And without apology, frankly. Because you get to the point where you realize, you ha- the majority of Americans realize and are unapologetically declare that capitalism needs regulation. And the reason that we have an economy is because we need to have a, wor- a middle class, a working class, an economy that works for all, not just the rich. It's about time we own it and, uh, and take it. it. We deserve to have a decent life. Not just be goddamn hosts from which the billionaires suck profit and discard. Still, a decade ago, this kind of growth was not possible. Okay, here, I read that already. Um, where was I? Policymakers scrambles to stabilize markets and boost asset prices. When the U.S. housing markets unraveled, they did less to tackle income and wealth inequality. Do less? They don't do anything to tackle it. It's not even on the agenda. This has to be on the top of the agenda. Next to getting money out of politics, income inequality and upward immobility have to be on the agenda, not just removing a statue. Because that statue is there to prop up the broken system, to keep us divided and fighting amongst each other or along racial, racial, why can't I talk, lines. Racist division. Tickle racist funny bones. That's what it's there for. We We would have a system. We wouldn't have these goddamn statues if not for the broken system, the economy that will, they deliberately divide and conquer us. They need those statues to do that. So now the statues are coming down. This is, okay, get rid of the symptoms. When are we going to work on the disease? That's the disease, income disparity, the class war, the Vichy, like we were talking about, uh, Chuck Todd, the Vichy collaborator in the class war. That's what he is. That's what Joy Reid is. All of these millionaires on the billionaire-funded mouthpiece networks, corporate media networks, they want us to stop. Once we get a couple of statues, they just relax, stop. Don't get crazy now. They want to go back to brunch. They want to go to sleep. She literally said that. Don't you wish you could sleep? She means, you know, sleep through the night because she's worried about Trump, of course. But into uh, many a truth is said in jest. She literally, she wants to go back to sleep. She doesn't want to be bothered with the rest of it. Take down the statues. Yes, isn't it terrible that the Mississippi flag has the Confederate flag of losers and traitors in it? Get rid of that. And then what? Let's not be so easily played, please. Aren't you tired of being played? I know I am. Now, many of the signs that of mega wealth that preceded the financial crisis are once again on display. The rich are getting richer. Wealthiest 1% in the United States hold more wealth than they did prior to the 2008 global financial crisis. 
The cost, the, uh, the article says, the examples are big and small. The cost of dinner at a French laundry, the chic California restaurant, is up to 35% to $325 a person from $240 10 years ago, beating inflation by nearly 20%. But that's because the rich are getting richer. And that's nothing. That's mad money. That's lunch money. Your rent money, that is lunch. That's coffee for them. Your mortgage payment, that's nothing. That's change. That's chump change. Undergraduate tuition in Ivy League Maine State Columbia University is a hair under 60000 a year, up by half uh, from 39000 in 2008. The stock market measured by the S&P 500 has tripled in the last decade. Hedge fund boss Kenneth Griffin, <laughs> isn't that somebody on the chat? Oh, that's Peter Griffin, yes. Uh I was hoping we had a hedge fund manager on there, and I was going to wonder, why, why, where's our giant super chat? Where's our billionaire benefactor? No, I'm just kidding. Fuck billionaires. Uh, I would like to wonder what they think, really. Well, who cares what they think? Everybody ask them what they think. What am I saying? What am I, nuts? No. I just want them to understand that they shouldn't exist. And like when Bernie said, this is why I hate the corporate media. And I have to thank you again for being patrons and supporting the show. Frankly, you're doing, you're, you're helping keep this going, keep, uh, challenge the corporate media, allow us to have a seat at the table. That's what it's about. But when, for example, when the corporate media, you know, because Bernie says billionaires, there should be no billionaires. No, there should be no billionaires. And then Vichy Class War collaborator Chuck Todd says, Mr. Bloomberg, should you exist? What kind of disingenuous bullshit frame is that? Should you exist? And of course, it's just to say that, oh, we're so radical. We're saying these people shouldn't even exist. We're not saying Bloomberg shouldn't exist, you fucking class war collaborator. We're saying there is zero reason why a billionaire should exist. And in fact, if we had a functioning society that worked for all, and you know it should work for all, then you know that there would be no billionaires. There is no reason for them. It's like a cancerous cell. In, a, in our body politic, when a cell eats up all the nutrients and grows and grows and grows and denies life force to other cells, that's called cancer. So now we're in the cancer stage of capitalism. And I ask again, how much longer? How much longer are we going to take it? It's the truth. How much longer? Oh, the benefit and the because of time, I'll just skip to the end. The benefits of the long recovery are now reaching these communities to a degree that, that has not been felt. Federal Reserve Chairman Jerome Powell said bullshit. Bullshit. Economic policymakers think the expansion could dim as stimulus from tax cuts and low interest rates fade. Yeah, tax cuts are not a stimulus. 
the tax breaks to the rich because we're still waiting for Reagan's tax breaks to trickle on us. How much longer are we going to take it? How much longer do we have to wait? Nah, we shouldn't wait at all. We should demand. That's it. Power concedes nothing without demand. And we have historical uh, references to point to. Yeah, that's what I was saying. Yeah, we're talking about the Roman Republic. The the general strikes. There were five general strikes. The people have to get organized, get together and say, we're not taking it anymore. They also have to realize, we the people, we have to get that we are what makes this world go round. Not them, not the billionaires. No, there's no reason. They don't work harder than us. They don't deserve it. It is all the co- the corrupt tax system and the gov- yeah, working hand-in-hand in government that is bought and paid for by the same billionaire interests that have a vested interest in keeping us divided and broken and fighting amongst each other over the scraps. So in the interest of time, I know we got to wrap up. I just want to say thank you all for hanging out and for doing your part. I'll try to do my part. I'll show up, even though sometimes I don't want to. I feel discouraged. I feel overwhelmed. I know I'm not alone there. It's not easy. And I know that, you know, it really does help that we're in this together. The show helps. It helps me mentally, emotionally. I hope it helps you too. I really do. And I think it does. Judging by your super chats, Jesus Christ. I know it helps Joey. Damn, Joey. And again, I want to thank you, Joey and Haiku. And Jim, of course, always super chatting. There are some more super chats. I miss them. Stephen Lee, thank you. Banterboard, thank you. It all helps. Oh, one more thing. I did... I got your letter. Sin City, thank you. And your donation, thank you. And I do understand, she writes. Hope this helps. Hang in there. I I appreciate that. Because I know sometimes I, I come to the table and I tell everybody... I'm not doing well mentally. (laughs) I'm uh, depressed. I'm having a hard time. This is therapy for the resistance, so I thank you for understanding and for your encouragement. And and so since Sin City writes, things will happen. I believe that. It's It's true. We see the show is growing, and we see we're building an audience of, of like-minded people who understand how important it is what we talk about. And I know you wish you had more. You do enough. I, and take care of your grandson. He definitely comes first because we're doing this to leave him a better world. All right, my friends. Thank you all. My name is Tara Devlin. I'm waiting for the... Why am I cutting uh, cutting in so quickly here? Prematurely, it feels like.
but because I see that the music is going to start any second, so there's no reason to go into anything new. But please join us. We will have more shows, hopefully Monday, Tuesday. I'm trying to do them as much as possible so we can grow the audience, we can build um, a real vibrant community. And now I would never go fishing, Greg. He says, Terry, you need to go fishing. It calms the nerves. Why would I go fishing? I love animals. I don't eat fish. I wouldn't fish. That would hurt me. That would upset me. To see a poor fish struggling on the hook. Not, I mean, not to say you shouldn't enjoy it, but I don't like it. Not for me. That's not, I would go and, no, catch and release. Just to hurt them and then throw them in the pond with a hurt face? Nah. I'll go help some animals. I'll go do some TNR work. Help the community cats or something. All right, my name is Tara Devlin. Thank you very much for hanging out. We meet here every Saturday evening from 6 to 8 p.m. Eastern. And we stick together, we win. That is our motto. It has to be the way of life. Please become a patron at patreon.com slash Tara Devlin. And I will see you very soon. Thank you all. And love you too, Shannon. You rock. Thank you for sharing the show. Thank you for being a patron. Make sure you wear a mask. Thank you for everything you do. Yeah. It's been a good show. I enjoyed the show. It was great. Honestly, it was easy for me because Ron did most of the talking. So I was like, oh, this is good. This is like... (laughs) A great... Yeah, what happened to the kittens? Oh, my God. We still haven't caught them. I'm going back tomorrow to try, and it breaks my heart. I No one has seen them since Thursday, since the first time they were seen. And for those who don't know, we... There were some kittens. I do TNR work with the New York City Feral Cat Initiative, and I guess we didn't get all the cats at this one community cat uh, where this colony of cats live. We thought we got, when we were hoping, we got the right combination. But who knows? Maybe the cat came in. Somebody could have even dumped a pregnant cat. Who knows? But there were two kittens one day, and I got a, I got texted from the guy who works there. I wish he had grabbed them then, really. He said he was able to pet them, but he didn't know, and he didn't. He was shocked to see them, and he there was no arrangements made for them. So he just texted it, and we haven't seen the kitten since. So I'm going to go back tomorrow to see if I can find them again. And They already have foster homes waiting for them. I hope nothing happened to them. It's really, it's one of... It's very upsetting, frankly. I, I hope. Oh, yeah, you always want a happy ending for all of them, and especially the kittens when you know that they have a warm bed waiting for them, and they can avoid living out in the streets and in the cold, and it's it's a it's a hard life out there. Anyway. So that's the update on the kittens. Say a prayer with whatever you, if you believe in that, say a prayer, send some good vibes. 
chant Nam Yohoi Renge Kyo, whatever you do, we need, hopefully we'll find the kittens. There's a small window of opportunity. And I hope nothing happened to them, frankly. That's another fear I have. Maybe something, maybe they were, something happened. Maybe they, a, another animal ate them or something. Who knows? It's terrible. Poor things. I don't even want to think about it. But I'm going back tomorrow. Hopefully we'll have a happy ending on the story. But I don't know. All right, guys. Maybe we'll have a show on Monday. Uh, if you keep up super chatting like this, forget about it. We're going to be uh, all right. But we need about a thousand more patrons. This is what I'm estimating. It, we might need more. But I, I we could do it. So thank you all for everything that you do. So please give the show a good review. Please become a patron. Tell your friends. Share the show with your friends. If you're on another liberal chat for another liberal talk show, just suggest, hey, if you like Randy Rhodes, you might like Tara Buster. Come join us on Saturday evenings or whenever. Here's the link. Here's our... Uh, iTunes link. Give the show a good review on iTunes, blah, 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 all that stuff. In the meantime, what time Monday? In the evening. That's the problem with our uh, weekday specials without not, without not having a set time during the week. It's all up in the air because the only set schedule we have is Saturdays from 6 to 8 p.m. And during the week, it's really when I can do them. And I can only do them. I'll be able to do them more often and on a regular schedule if we get enough patrons. That's the bottom line. It's like PBS. Supported by viewers and listeners like you. All right. We need it. I believe that. I know you believe it, too. We can't win. We will not win without a media like this, without the liberal media. We will not win. We will not win with the corporate media, like Joy Reid telling everybody to get back to sleep. Don't you want to go to sleep? No, honey. I'm, I'm woke up, baby. This, we're woke. We ain't going to sleep. And we won't go to sleep until... We have a country worthy of Sin City's grandson. Okay? We know that. All right. My name is Tara Devlin. Thank you so much. It's been great. As always, I love hanging out with you. And thanks to Ron Placone for being another voice in the, in the liberal media landscape, the independent liberal media. It's important. And thank you all for everything. My name is Tara Devlin. We stick together. We win. And we will win. I will see you very soon. And that is a very small piece. There we go. That's better. <laughs>